I want to see a deep water movie. Mm-hmm. Stick with me. Yeah. That's in a lake. Oh, sure. It's always in the ocean. Well, yeah. The abyss. Mm-hmm. We're in the ocean. Yeah. Deep star six. We're going to really push this to the edge. In the ocean. Leviathan? Probably in, in the ocean. In the ocean? Aren't they underwater in virus? I don't know. Um, uh, probably. Yeah, I think. Um, Sphere? Sure. I did it. Right. That's the five points on the deep water movie star, right? I can't think of any other deep water movies, but they're all in the ocean. Yeah. What about a lake? Like a bottomless lake. Sure. <laughs> uh, when you swim in a bottomless lake, you die of exhaustion. Uh, no, just like, what about something like something's in this lake? Like it's like a lake in the, mu- lady lake in the water. Titicaca, not, not lady in the water. Oh, okay. Not lady in the water. <laughs> You know, like in the mountains or like, or you could just do one of those. Every once in a while they do one of those. I'm not a huge like um, horror um, buff. I like horror movies. I don't know a lot about them though because there's like horror fans really. You think Star Wars fans like know Star Wars? Horror sure. fans know horror movies. Right, right, right. So I can't tell, but I'm thinking there's probably a name for the genre of horror film that's like the yokel horror film. Mm, sure. Or it's set in like Canada or it's set in like up north in Minnesota, you know, or something like that. Right. And so it's like, you could do something like, in Lake Superior, Nessie is from Loch Ness, but in Lake Superior. Actually, we do have something in Lake Superior, don't we? It's like, uh, go- gooby- do we? Goonie Gooboo or something. Goonie Gooboo. Uh, I know Lake Champlain, name. they've got uh, Champy. Oh, okay. So it's like, and they and these guys went out, they were just got fish, fishing and beers, you know, right. but then something happened. Right. And then, and maybe, maybe I don't know why they're underwater. Maybe it's like ice fishing, and like <laughs> their their lure gets caught by like this giant fish, and it pulls them underneath. <laughs> yeah, very biblical. Yeah, uh, I I was almost a marine biologist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, somebody who, boy, I'd love to just kick him in the nuts uh, today. Uh, convinced me to not go to the University of Hawaii and study uh, marine biology and who knows how my life would have been different you wouldn't be hearing my voice now yeah so maybe you wish for it too uh the ball kicking line starts here but it has I don't I don't know about any there has to be like a deep water lake habitat don't you want to know what's down there yeah you put a you put right. a a, a bubble down there, you know, and then you have Kristen Stewart goes down there in a suit. Sure. And she's looking at uh, deep water lake fish or something. Sure. And then, oh, there's this shipwreck. This isn't on any map. Right. What's in here? Oh, no. <laughs> that might be the plot of the upcoming film. Yes. Underwater. It might be. Which, I mean, not inaccurate, title-wise. <laughs> They are underwater. But not exactly creative. N- no, I maybe think she that's also, like the first try. Yeah. You know, first round of names. And also maybe she doesn't get paid enough as a uh, deep sea scientist. And so she's uh, getting behind on her mortgage. <laughs> so she's underwater with her mortgage. Directed by Adam McKay. All right. Okay. Sure. <laughs> I was, uh, I'm a, I'm a Stuart Stan. As long as there are no follow up questions, I am a sure. Kirsten Stewart Stan. Sure. Although I did not see Trans Angels. Neither did I. Um, and I'm probably not going to see Underwater because I'm just not, I'm not in a place where, when, when Hollywood and I are on the same page about TJ Miller, mm-hmm. until then, I feel like I can support Kirsten Stewart in other ways. Sure. Right. Other films. Yeah. Yeah. Like buying uh, 
breaking dawn dvds or something <laughs> right <laughs> at some point you're like six films into this thing and like at that point they didn't know it was going to go that far they probably did the first one mm-hmm. we're like whoa okay that went the way that it was supposed to go right so at some point you renegotiate and then if you are a, just a you know 20 something year old kid who's now got a nice car and all the I don't know hair products you want and I am talking about Robert Pattinson <laughs> then you go let's talk uh, points let's, let's start percentage right right yeah so I think so yeah okay so if you buy DVDs maybe they're still getting some of that so probably. help them out that way yeah I think uh, I think they probably are um, those movies did really well so. Um, Although we talked last week, was it last week, our uh, year-end show where I was talking about how like 2019 was kind of like the year of selling out, people going yes, corporate? Yeah, we did talk about that. Yep. Speaking of Charlie's Angels and speaking of Robert Pattinson uh, will be the Batman soon. So I know. For all the people's talk about like, oh, you know, he's in these weird, interesting films and he's a pretty good actor. It's like, yeah, but... Also, he's that's, doing Netflix movies and he's Batman. That's all true, but yeah, Batman. So, <laughs> uh, which I'm excited to see his Batman. Um, I'm excited to see how that comes together. Um, looking forward to it. So, hopefully, fingers crossed, it's actually good. He's also in an upcoming film from Christopher Nolan called yes. Tenet. Yes. Which you have asked me not to. I've already figured out um, what the the premise of the film is. Right because uh, of Wikipedia, and uh-huh. so uh, you begged me not to tell you, I and I won't. I be surprised. But suffice it to say that it seems like a spy-ish sort of intrigue, yeah. cloak and dagger kind Absolutely. of film. And so it's very fitting for the kind of thing that we're going to talk about today mm-hmm. on the Just Enough Trope podcast. I'm your host, Calaman, joined as always by my co-host. Hi, I'm Ikan Hana. A show where we look at all the news that's fit to cast in the world of nerdy entertainment, mm-hmm. and we explore the tropes found in genre media. Yes, and we wanted today to talk specifically about the tropes found in spy fiction. Yes. Right? Yes. The eagle is in the pickle barrel. Right, Repeat, right, the right, eagle right. is in the pickle barrel. Yes. Uh, spy fiction, it's tropes uh, from movies that we've seen, uh, TV shows too, and specifically this week from the Doctor Who episode, Spyfall Part 1, the first yes. episode of the 12th season of the revived Doctor Who series. Yes. Starring Jodie Whittaker as the 13th Doctor and, of course, her companions. Mm-hmm. Spyfall. Yeah. We see what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Did the same guy that named that name Underwater. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Underwater doesn't have a sort of a pun or a play on words. No, no. Um, I mean, obviously it is... Skyfall, which was not really a great spy film. I'm sorry. I like Daniel Craig as Bond, but uh, maybe his, I think his best movie as Bond was probably the first one. I like the second one, too. I think Quantum of Solace gets a <laughs> yeah, lot yeah, of Yeah, we've been over that on the show. Let's not. Yeah. We don't need any flames. Yeah, but. In a um, gas-powered hotel. Sure. You think a gas-powered hotel would be safer than that? You would think. Whole thing runs on natural gas, mm-hmm. right? And then just one shot from Bond. Or whatever, or they crash a car into something, and then yeah, right, like the Titanic going down. Like, wait, don't we have like things in between the bulkheads to prevent this from happening? Right, right, right. Well, exactly. we're built poorly, so this whole hotel blows up. Yeah, um, it's kind of silly if you ask me, but it looked amazing. And I'll tell you something: for never having won an Oscar, no, he finally did, didn't he? Uh, I don't know. Roger Deakins uh, is covers a lot of sins. I think people love movies like Skyfall. Just for the look. Mm -hmm. And if you think about the plot, it makes no sense. There are specific things you can criticize. 
Right. I think a lot of people were really excited about Skyfall when it first came out. And now if they look back, you, maybe it was just also, you know, Spectre and kind of the declining uh, quality of the Bond movies um, mm-hmm. in the Craig run. I think people are now cooler than they were um, in the past on Skyfall. But I think it still held up pretty high. Yeah. Uh, I never liked it. So no. uh, I, I don't change my opinions. But uh, yeah, but uh, but Spectre, no good. <laughs> people are all in agreement. Yes. Yeah. Spectre was just universally bad. Hopefully the new one that comes out this year will be good. <sighs> I know. Um, it's kind of a tall order. I'm, I am somewhat excited about it. Yeah. Um, okay. You? Also, again, hat trick. Not a good title. <laughs> not a good title. Sounds like a SNL parody of a of a it Bond does. film. Yeah. But uh, what do you, what do you think? Excited? Um, I am excited. I just I I I mm, there. I have a couple of questions about it, and I'm I'm uh. You know, I just hope they they pull it out of the bag and um, the diplomatic bag. Yeah, yeah. And like, why is uh, Christopher Waltz in it again? <laughs> Paycheck. Y- yeah, because they staked everything on him. They didn't have to do this. He no. could have been the author of all your pain right. and also your half brother without having to say. And Le Chief was working for me. Right. What? Why? I, I know. Why does that? Why is that, that make any sense? No. And then. We see Rami Malek in it, and he's, like, the bad guy. <laughs> and it's, like, oh, uh, I can almost, like... And he, he says something, like, really ominous, and I don't even remember what it was now. But He didn't know he was going to win an Oscar when he was making this movie. Well, right? Yeah. And it's, like, ugh, I just... I, I I want it to be good, I and I, I don't want it to be comically bad. Well, I just hope that it is exciting. Yes. That that was my argument for Rise of Skywalker, which is not a good film, uh, objectively, either a Star Wars film or really an action film. But it's we are just so familiar with these characters. Mm-hmm. They got Wedge back. Do you know what I, I mean? Like, I, know. It just, I think there was just so much goodwill. And when you talk about a movie that's like, it's just a celebration. Like, why are you hating on this? Right. You know, that. We're not going to do this. I yell at people all the time for trying to relitigate The Last Jedi in 2020 now. But The Last Jedi posed to you a question, which was, why are we still doing this? And I would say that's a dangerous question to ask. It is. And you don't really have an answer for me. And it just feels depressing. And like, it just, you'd leave like, ugh, what? And this didn't, you know, as light as air as it is, and probably really uh, without any kind of significance and kind of really botching a lot of the <laughs> ongoing story. <laughs> I'm making yeah. a really bad case for this. It's fun, and it moves at a clip. And that's all I want from this, the rise of Skywalker of Bond films, yes. which has to bring to a close this ridiculous story yes. while getting it back on track when everybody hated the last film, which was yeah. the penultimate chapter. Yeah. I hope this is just breezy and fun. And I think Kerry Fukunaga too. is the perfect person to direct this. Yeah. And the trailer... Doesn't look great. The trailer looks like a distillation of basically what we're going to talk about today. Every single spy trope there is. It's Mm -hmm. like, I need you for one last run on this, buddy. You're the only person I can trust. Right. It's like, we have to go, wait, but I love you. Why do you, why do you do not trust me? And he's like, everybody lies about things. Hold on. I got to get my machine guns out of my headlights. Burn it. (laughs) And, um, yeah, yeah, if I never look at my watch and I never, 
at least during the run of the film, go, what? what? Right. (laughs) Uh, right. It'll be a good film. I I agree with you. Just like the opposite of Gemini Man. Yeah. Where every second I was like, what? And it was way too long. Are we already doing the feature? I don't know. We got to save the feature for later. So that's what we're talking about. Uh, And at the end of our show uh, for our feature, we'll be talking about what we were just talking about, a preview, and also uh, giving a review of Skyfall Part 1, the first episode. Skyfall. Oh my goodness! Well, that's their fault. <laughs> they tricked you. It's their I know fault. it is our fault. Uh, the first episode of the new season of Doctor Who, which we have not talked about Doctor Who, yes, for an entire year on this show. That so is correct. We wanted to get back into that, and we'll be doing a little bit of news as well. And um, real quick, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing well, Cal. Right, happy great. New uh, Year! Oh, yeah, Happy New Year <laughs> to you too, and to our listeners. Do you think that uh, underwater? films with their claustrophobia are similar to like space films where you're like trapped on a ship yeah, yeah. oh you mean my favorite genre of yeah. films yeah yeah i think probably underwater films i wouldn't call them my second favorite but they're definitely sort of grandfathered in sure Do you know what i mean yeah, yeah they're yeah. like um he came to live with us when he was just a baby and we just consider him to be part of the family <laughs> um yeah that's okay. why i like leviathan i love Le- peter weller it's a great yeah. movie yeah. Um, I wish there's more of them. Yeah, more underwater films. Yeah, there has um, to be more. There, there has to be. Uh, what about like Waterworld or something like that? <laughs> Waterworld literally takes place on the surface. Oh, okay. the whole thing. All right. I mean, Kevin Costner swims really deep one time. Okay. <laughs> and they're looking for land. Yeah. Are there? That's the goal. Are there <laughs> any? Not being in water is the goal is of Waterworld. The goal of Waterworld. Yes. Okay. Are there any? We hate water world. Are there any video games that are on, take place underwater? Yes. Yeah. Uh, we're just gonna do this instead of spy stuff. Well, I'm just really curious. quick, and then we'll talk about the news. Uh, yeah, there's a great one called Subnautica that came out uh, recently. Okay. And you are um, stranded on an, you crash your spaceship on an alien planet. Okay. That is, you know, an aquatic, uh, an ocean planet covered with water. Okay. And then you have it's like Minecraft kind of. It's a survival game. We have to craft things okay. and you start off with just a little uh, escape pod that floats. And then you're like, oh, fish, grab, eat. Uh, and by the time you're done, you're you know driving your own like mini uh, submarine, you know, with like a detachable robot thing that drops out and mines mm. stuff. And you have to go deeper and deeper to like the center of the planet to like f- solve this mystery um, but it takes a time because you have to develop your technology and like maintain your habitat and you have to eat all the time. And so it's pretty great. Sounds interesting. I I think that like games where you have to eat all the time that, that, you know, that's just an added like complication, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, Oh, remember to eat dumb, dumb. Otherwise you don't have any energy. Or... Yeah. They never have you, uh, eliminate though. So not, not very <laughs> realistic. <laughs> That's a fair point. Not that I really necessarily want that in my video Yeah, you never say James Bond take a crap either. No. And Mario's eating those mushrooms, but they just disappear. It doesn't uh, (laughs) doesn't get to the end with the castle and do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Why is he running in there so fast? He's going to the bathroom. (laughs) Let's uh, talk about the news. Well, it had been all quiet for a while in terms of news about the Uncharted film at Sony. Yeah. And that seemed like no news was good news, but now yeah. there is some news. The news is the director or the supposed intended director, Travis Knight, has left the project right. due to scheduling issues. Mm-hmm. 
So this movie has just run into problem after problem. This movie began development almost 10 years ago, I think, with David O. Russell. Wow. uh, At least producing, if not directing, with Mark Wahlberg, or Mock, I almost said it right, uh, (laughs) him attached. Um, And it has now gotten down to, uh, if you don't know, Travis Knight is the guy behind Leica Animation, who had done, among amongst other things, the um, Kubo and the Two Strings film. Sure, yeah. Uh, which was a pretty good, pretty good film. And so he did, hasn't done a lot of live action, but I was interested to see what he would have done with sure. an Uncharted film. Yeah. Uh, with currently Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg uh, scheduled to star in it. Yeah. Now we've lost him. Yep. And we did it specifically because Sony, understandably, wants this thing to come out right now. Yeah, right. And... I, that's just not how you make a good movie. Well, and, you don't and have Sony to boy, should You don't have learned. to boyhood this thing, although they're close at this point, but uh, they just want to push it out and they're going to, before you even get an egg, you're, this is you reaching into the Goose's cloaca to tear out a golden egg right. before it's even laid one. Right. Um, I, I think they should... I feel like they, of all people, should know that, like, that's not how you make a good and productive Oh, no, no, no. Film. Sony does not know that. Sony has never known that. <sighs> Do they just Looking forward to lessons? Jason Reitman's Ghostbusters 3. Yeah, I know. Um, See, they're I, little kids. I know. Um, and I just don't think, like, I like Tom Holland. I, I think he's a, a good actor and everything, but I don't think that he... Um, is is Nathan good, Fillion? Nathan Drake? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think he's a good fit. For this, yeah. um, which I think is also um, something against this, just saying. And Mark Wahlberg, who is what, like 52 or something like that, right. does, does everything he can to look 35, and he's going to play, I'm too old for this, Nate, right. like the cigar-chomping, uh, Hawaiian shirt-wearing thing. Like right. We have gotten to a point where everything about this is twisted and bad. Yeah, this absolutely. Is, you know, you were the chosen one. I know. You were supposed to make a good video game movie. I know. Not do this. This is damaged goods before it's even made. So. Yeah, but I mean, speaking of David o. Russell and problematic people, um, I just never didn't have a good start. That's and true. And they're still doing it. And the only thing to do at this point, and I think that we, this is a popular video game series, one of the yeah. most popular video game series. Definitely. Um, it could totally succeed. There's plenty of story material. It's an engaging character. Um, Spielberg wants to keep making these Indiana Jones movies. Yeah, I know. So apparently, you know, Tomb Raider's failure aside, there is a thirst for this sort of adventure um, storyline. Here's what I think is going to happen. I think it's going to, I don't know, it might do well with those two, but I think it's going to bomb and we'll just see another one in another five years or maybe another 15 years. Right, they'll reboot it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, But hopefully not. Hopefully they can turn it around and we can get a cool movie out of it. Uh, speaking of movies mm-hmm. and moving into a little bit of news about these streaming services, we have the, the streaming update. What do we call it? A, a river uh, runs through it. Wow. The, um, stream, don't cross the streams. Don't cross the streams. Um, yeah, cross I don't the know. Streams. Yeah, um, I'll do one. Uh, d- uh, d- dream, d- stream a little stream. <laughs> Uh, and if you stream a little stream, try Flomax oh my goodness. Uh, to sleep through the night. Uh, no, uh, it looks like uh, Disney is losing movies. Speaking of things dis- coming out at night. Oh, boy. Uh, you get your Disney Plus subscription. Yes. 
Disney is the largest, um, I'm assuming, uh, IP holder in the world. Yeah, or at least it the seems stuff that, that you want to see. And you figure, we're set. Mm-hmm. Now I can see these movies forever. No problem. Permanently available. No licensing deals to fall apart or whatever. Right. And yet, many people have taken note of the fact that more than a few films are disappearing from Disney Plus's library. Really? Films like Dr. Doolittle, starring Eddie Murphy. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides, which is the fourth one, I think. I don't know. Uh, the Home Alone films. Why are they disappearing? Disney has not commented. That is really strange. Uh, and it's even stranger that they're not commenting. And I know that they're going to be doing um, a reboot of as such of Home Alone. So I think it's even it's strange that well, they don't the, have that. So great observation. Uh, what's coming out? I yeah. think this month. <laughs> Doolittle. Uh, yeah, they right. are working on a new Pirates film. Uh, like you said, they're rebooting Home Alone. Mm-hmm. The Sandlot too. Are they going to do another Sandlot? I hadn't heard anything about that. Um, what would I you? Love what would you even? Do? You can't even. The whole point. Yeah, right. I did. I absolutely loved it. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, I've seen you PF flyers. Um, <laughs> the but it doesn't. It's not even a thing because yeah. it's like playing Sandlot ball in the fifties. What is it now? It's like, I, give me that Atari controller. Like they're sure. I right. played Sandlot ball. Around the time, if it's going to be like, you know, Richard Dreyfus is an old guy now or whatever. Right, right, right. Around the time that, that this would have to be set, I played Sandlot Ball, but that was weird. Not a lot of people did that. Sure. So, I don't know, man. Like, or or do you do this? And let me be sensitive okay. to talk about something outside of my experience. But do you do something else like now you call professional basketball games, but you grew up in the inner city and you had adventures and played uh, basketball sure. on the courts with your friends. I can see that. And most of you are African-American or not white. Right, right, right. Because there's just some things like, I put my fishing cap on and I call these games. Or right, whatever. right, right. Was it, um, speaking of that, was it uh, Stand By Me where, it, it, it's just a Stephen King story, so like everything's yeah. terrible. So like, Keith yeah. Sutherland like almost stabs everybody. Mm-hmm. But then they get away and not if I see you first, it's great. And then it's like, Benny was shot in a McDonald's after that, and was it? Did the Sandlot have a? Did, um, were their lives depressing too? I didn't. Uh, Billy Billy Jackson, the baseball player, wasn't this like remembering him on the eve of his death? I haven't seen the Sandlot in a while. It's been a long time since I've seen it. I feel like most of this their is where lives our producer would look it up. Were uplifting, but they did have the thing at the end of the film where it's like. So and so grew up to blah 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 blah. Right, but didn't know? one of them grow up to be dead? And I then, think like, so. one of them grew so. up to marry, you know, his uh, abuse victim, and everything wow. is just problematic these days. And yeah. honestly, it should be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're gonna talk about that <laughs> when we talk about spies. Yes. Uh, so anyway, we don't know what's going on with that. Um, some sources say that it is just the remnants of licensing agreements. Uh, some of these are maybe co. Produced or co-funded mm-hmm. or you've sold it to Netflix and something else. And mm-hmm. so it, there are complications. But okay. I think the fact that they are all those things that we just pointed out. Yeah. Like they're remaking telling. them. Yeah. Okay. I just think Disney Plus weird. died in a garbage truck accident. After, yeah. No. Uh, let's talk about uh, Apple's streaming service. Oh, boy. Apple TV Plus. Mm-hmm. Apple TV Plus has hired uh, Richard Plepper. 
Okay. I have no idea who that is. This is a little inside. Richard Plepper, uh, who was a former HBO chief, he basically uh, built HBO into the network that you know it as today. Okay. Now, I'm not talking about like the dream on Arliss days. I'm talking about like the sort of second coming uh, Game of Thrones, Big Little Lies. Sure. uh, That sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Well, he has been hired by Apple TV Plus to do the exact same thing. Okay. All right. To work in development and turn this thing around. Well, we shall see if that is a possibility or not. I see see what you're doing. (laughs) I think they need him. They need somebody. Yep. Um, you can you can have a lot of money and go. Let's make TV shows, right? And that's called YouTube, yeah, right? <laughs> and a lot of videos on YouTube are not good. No. Uh, but instead, the, these are three hundred million dollar uh, YouTube videos, right? Uh, starring Steve Carell and Jason Momoa for some reason, so, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was blown away to learn. Well, maybe not blown away. That uh, I guess I didn't know that Stephen Knight, the guy behind Peaky Blinders, and um taboo d- taboo uh was developed uh c yeah it's it's a weird fit it doesn't seem to really fit his the way that he approaches things you know well he's got like i guess is the protagonist momoa then i guess he does like I guys so. with uh weird facial hair and uh <laughs> who are badasses but well yeah that's true yeah um, didn't uh i don't I've... love everything he does but See, I I have a feeling that Jason Momoa doesn't wear a hat with like um, blades in it, you know, razor blades in it. But (laughs) he should. (laughs) What if you were? But he would have a knight or a knight. That's his name. He would have a hat with uh, hatchets in it. There you go. Not quite as uh, inconspicuous. No, a little heavier too. Uh, All right, thanks for coming to the gang meeting. Now, wait, you guys aren't armed, are you? (laughs) Oh, clunk, clunk, clunk. Seems like you're armed. I just have a few weapons on me. Nothing big. Yeah, it's a European style. (laughs) Everybody's doing it. Uh, Going back to Disney Plus for a second, Marvel has moved the premiere date for WandaVision, the new show. I heard about that. Starring Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany to this year instead of 2021 when it was supposed to come out. Right. So um, I guess that's good news. Sure. Um, They must be... uh, Is this a Wonder Woman situation? What do you you think? I mean... Uh, I mean, uh, you know, the movie's done six months beforehand, but you can't, you, you got to own that June s- slot or whatever. So you're just like, everybody chill out and go home. <laughs> um, and then, maybe. Uh, uh, keep making trailers or something. But in the case of the TV show, they're like, we can just put this out whenever. It doesn't really matter. I think that maybe it's, that's kind of like No complications. Right. I found out the other day, I don't know the exact dates, but they did reshoots on... Um, Rise of Skywalker, sure. like in the summer of last year, like very, very, very late early. in the game. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, which shouldn't really surprise anybody for a movie which just has very little cohesion yeah. to it. Uh, and it's fun and I love it. Um, but yeah, I, I guess they're all done. Okay. I, You know what I think it is? Because generally this doesn't happen. I still don't really know what the deal is with the Wonder Woman one uh, other than just it just went really well. Right. I think they probably scaled it back, don't you think? Because mm. they don't know how many um, maybe they don't know how many episodes it's going to be right now, which I think is a little weird. If it's, that is strange, yeah, and they think it's going to be around six hours. So I think that they probably were were planning it out and like in mm-hmm. pre production, and they went, "This is a lot. What if this? Do- Should we just save all this for the, for if, the if we get season. a second season? Yeah, right. and so instead, it's only going to be six. 
and they can get that done. Yeah, that could be. Um, I I do remember hearing that uh, uh, Scarlet Witch is going to be in Doctor Strange too. So I mean, I think as long as that story coincides with that film and it doesn't like you know hurt the timeline for that which i mean really could go all over because it's dr strange it's a dimension of death right um but uh i i think as long as that doesn't affect that then then you're just like 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 you said maybe they were like well we can get this done so let's why not put it out there early because then we have more of our content out there sooner so and I mean, they're going to just keep making more content, right? So the sooner you can get out, probably the better. Isn't that it? What's Isn't it Doctor Strange in the Dimension of, of Death or is it something else? I honestly can't remember what the subtitle is. The, I, I believe you. The Death Dimension is something in, um, in Doctor Strange, although I think the Dark Dimension is something that's more generally um, well known okay the multiverse of madness sorry if it's a multiverse of madness <laughs> then we got no idea when this is coming out yeah that's you're just seeing the effects of that <laughs> dimension of death could have worked too i yes another alliteration we'll keep that one for we'll, we'll cargo Maybe dr strange listen three. make that the third one right uh yeah um well that's um promising mm-hmm. although we are still in limbo as to whether any of this is going to work. That's true. Jacked Kumail or not. Right. Uh, Marvel's <laughs> destiny is kind of up in the air, I think. Yeah, a little bit. Um, it's... Um, I I think I think Black Widow is going to land pretty well. I think that's going to be great. I think you're right, though, about Eternals, where it could go kind of either way. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a gamble. Well, Disney's got a lot to to balance here uh, yeah did you know speaking of things in the future that the mandalorian season two it's rumored will deal with the origins of the where palpatine how he cloned himself oh really okay um <sighs> I, I wasn't asking for that we just finished because we took a break and waited yeah. on it but we just finished mandalorian season one yes and in that rise of skywalker way <laughs> they stuck the landing so hard yeah. that i didn't remember all the times that i was bored in the preceding oh, six sure. or seven hours yeah, yeah yeah or all the things that were like oh my god are you Why serious yeah yeah um yeah they they stuck the landing which makes me think wow what a good movie this would have been <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah this could have easily been a movie yeah i i've seen um you know, two and a half hours out. Yeah, I've seen Done. posts on social media being like, it's too bad they didn't give it's a the film real... to John Favreau. Yeah, and you've got, I think we were talking about this the other night, you've got the, the, the prequels represent story elements and plot details that really kind of were in place. A lot of it gets remixed and yeah. other stuff, but he, he kind of knew what happened. Um, Anakin Skywalker goes nuts. Yeah. Obi-Wan takes him out. Um. I don't think she was named Padme, but, uh, you know, Anakin's wife dies, mm-hmm. um, gives birth to Le- Luke and Leia or whatever. We all knew that. So now we'll just take that and we'll plug it into a deeply stupid and flawed yeah. trilogy that if you really like, great. And if you don't, like most fans, 
we just kind of ignore the specifics, the 50s diner or whatever, and go, mm-hmm. well, yeah, that stuff happened. Now we've got a new trilogy that's like, what's the future of the Star Wars yeah. uh, Skywalkers in the in the universe? We know because there are a million books and comics, but yeah. screw all that. Here's a lame trilogy that's going to ruin the future. I know. So now if we treat those like the prequels and also kind of ignore them, but I guess just take the plot points, the Mandalorian set after Return of the Jedi represents like the perfect this is it. We can grab onto this. This is how Star Wars will go forward now after right. this. Right. And so then why here's are they... Palpy making a Snoke. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, not, ah. not, not excited about that, yeah, honestly. Not really. Um, <laughs> I'm more excited to see, you know, uh, how they continue to develop uh, Baby Yoda and his character. <laughs> if, if they develop him. They should. I, he is not, look, I like him, but he is... No more than a gimmick right now. I know. He's he's just the cutest thing ever, but he right, he's not much more than that. I want to see more. I hope they don't write um uh Action Jackson and uh and Cara Dune out of this one. Yeah, I know. It seemed like they were going off into the sunset. It, it he's not coming did. back to this planet. I wouldn't be surprised if he does come back at some point. Well, I hope she comes. She's great. I, why is she she Gina more stuff? Yeah, I know. She she is good. Um, I really, really like her. And I saw somebody post on social media recently, like, saying that she should play She-Hulk in the new She-Hulk TV oh, show. Um, um, how tall is she? I guess it doesn't really She's matter. not, like, super tall, but she's, like, buff. So, well, I yeah, mean, yeah. Um, if height is an issue, maybe, maybe not. But I think that she would be a pretty good pick for that. Well, a, a pound for pound, um, no specific pun intended mm-hmm. um i can't really think of unless it yeah let's we don't want to go with the ronda rousey route on this probably not i'm sure there's a bunch of um wwe um yeah. divas who uh, i don't know if they call them that anymore <laughs> let's just say female wrestlers yeah, yeah yeah uh who probably could fit the bill but mm-hmm. yeah i don't i can't think of a lot of super buff um female actresses but if you can make a male buff we can make it's true Kirsten Stewart buff. Yeah, right, right, right. Just give her a lot of beans. How do you get? What's, she's vegan, right? So what's the plant protein? Because <laughs> remember, of beans whey and tofu. Wh- yeah, whey protein is. You know, do we want to take these cows' milk? Right. Do we want to use the cut up stomach stomach lining from slaughtered cows Ooh, to cure yeah, the milk? Probably and not. So <laughs> she can play um, Jennifer uh, Walters. There you go. Let's talk about what film critics are saying about 2019. The National Society of Film Critics has named Parasite as their best picture. Oh, boy. Here we go. Here <laughs> we go. <laughs> here, here we go. Here we go. Why are the lights flashing in here? Uh, yeah. Um, I... I just don't agree with that. Um, I don't. I don't. Mm. Do you want to hear some of the other things while you get your thoughts? Okay, <laughs> but it's just it's not. I don't think it's best of material, in my opinion. The uh, I'll skip individual names, but definitely look them up. Uh, actually, no, there's only one name you would know, and that's Claire Mathen. Uh, she was the director of photography for Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Okay, and she received um, the the nod there. Uh, Laura Dern was uh, lauded for her uh, role in Marriage Story, which you don't hear a lot of. Oh, I about, didn't even know about she was leads. in that. Yeah, but yeah. you don't hear about her all that much. And uh, Mary Kay Place, uh, who that's I haven't heard that name in a while, uh, for the movie Diane. Uh, Antonio Banderas got Best Actor for his work in Pain and Glory. 
I've heard that that's good. Uh, yes, I saw that in a top ten yeah. films of blah right. blah. Exactly. Along with I'm just a hand, uh, <laughs> which is I on Netflix. Body if you want to see that? Yeah. And Brad Pitt got Best Supporting Actor for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. Wow. Okay. Um, I don't think that that, it just, in my opinion, that is not one of Tarantino's strongest films. I didn't really like it that much. I didn't hate it. I just didn't like it, you know? Um, I bet you don't like that Parasite got best screenplay. No, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. I, maybe I need somebody to explain to me why they think it's so great. To really understand people's opinions I mean, about it. I think it. you know what you're going to hear. Yeah, I guess. But, uh, I mean, it's not a bad movie at all. It's not it's bad. It's just not, it's just... my pants are full of, of shit. I have shit in my pants. Well, uh, I, this is I, so good. I, I feel like, you know, we were watching it and, and you called it. You were like, this Whoa. is very predictable. Well, and I, I, I think When you that... have three hours to decide how something is going to kind of wrap up i think everybody could probably yeah i just i i it's think it's very long i think that um <laughs> as you're watching it i mean there, there are parts of it that are you know there are twists but but there are, are parts where you're like well i see where we're going here this is gonna happen and this is gonna happen and this is gonna happen and then if you find yourself doing that during a movie it just takes me out of it because then it's like well i'm not really in the world of the movie anymore because now I'm like out an outside observer. What if they, and this wouldn't work at all, but it doesn't work in a lot of the films that it's done for. What if they had chopped it up? Oh, like done it out of order or something yeah. like that. I don't even know how that would work. Um, that might have made it more interesting to I'm me. I'm thinking because I enjoy a lot of Korean cinema. Um, I really like, I mean, I really don't like a lot of, uh, Bong Joon-ho's films, right? Bong Joon-ho's films, mm-hmm. um, but like something like The Handmaiden, for instance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That tells the story from three different perspectives. Yes. And every time we move to another perspective, it adds depth to what we've things already that we seen. already knew. Yeah, true. Um, and whenever I see things like that, I always think you could just cleverly write all that chronologically. Well, we that could, is another we option. We could slowly peel away the layers and learn that one character is acting for this reason instead of like right. literally repeating um, scenes. But it's still a, a really good film. And yeah, I don't know. I just feel like a lot of the conversations in Parasite don't add anything to what they're trying to say. And at the mm-hmm. end of the day, I don't know what they're trying to say. I don't know what... Bong Joon-ho even wants to say. He's addressing I know. culturally mm-hmm. something that's going on in Korea. They have their own sort of divide between the haves and have-nots. Sure. Um, but if it's no more than that. Yeah, I don't. I kept thinking like what the beginning of the movie, I kept thinking there's going to be like a, the a paranormal <laughs> like oh. aspect to this <laughs> you thought the parasite was going to come yeah, up from like, from the drains and well i thought like you know that that at the very beginning they have like this basement apartment to be fair, and they're like oh keep the window open so we can get fumigated because then it'll kill the bugs that are in here i thought maybe they were gonna like, get sick from i thought that my and... dad was cheap but yeah yeah i think yeah. that that's right but it just got sewer sewage in their house i know which you couldn't 
live in there anymore, right? At the end of the I movie, they're all back see, in yeah. their apartment, spoiler alert, yeah. I guess, and you you couldn't live there anymore. I was really surprised to see that. Yeah, I that's how but it's I over felt the top. Too. Yeah, I know it's a Korean movie, and it, I don't think it wields its over the topness in a great way. We don't need to do this again. We already did this. This is true, and it doesn't matter what they think because here is the most important critic of all. Barack Obama. Oh boy. He has released his uh, list of his favorite movies and TV shows from 2019. Okay. Want to hear it? Sure. I don't want to. Should I read the whole thing or let's just let's do some standouts here? Okay. His favorite movies. He liked. Uh, he liked Booksmart. Okay. He liked The Farewell. Okay. Uh, he liked The Irishman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also liked Marriage Story. Okay. And Parasite. Okay. There you go. And he liked Little Women. All right. And then he said uh, a quick list of TV shows that he considered as powerful as movies. Fleabag season two. Okay. Unbelievable. And Watchmen. All right. Uh, of those, I've only seen Fleabag season two. So, and I really like that. So, <laughs> um, interesting. Um, yeah, I noticed that he was putting like lists out of his best of for the year and everything. That's kind of cool. Somebody pointed out on Twitter, uh, they're trying to be diplomatic, but doesn't the Fleabag pilot have a scene where she masturbates to an Obama speech? And it absolutely does. <laughs> oh, I see. So it's a weird choice for him to choose that because of that scene. All right. Well, allow me to sound like a jerk. Okay. My the new title of this podcast. Uh, why do we? What do we care? What he what he thinks about anything? Um, <laughs> why do we I, care? We, we don't necessarily. Hey, but... shut up. <laughs> why? Wh- what do we care? Why are we listening to you? Also, what are you going to say? Bad things about Netflix shows? You have a huge deal with them. I know. So anything that's I on know. Netflix, if we just cross out what's left, and are these good picks, and and why do we care? Um, so, I, well, I'm not I, even going through his. He had a music list too. I, I know really he did. Go through that. Um, I know Lizzo's Juice was on there. Um, but uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, I think we care because it's like I, I think we care about like what some former presidents think and everything. Yeah, um, would you want to hear George W. Bush's list? Probably not. I would. <laughs> Just to be fascinated. See like what he thinks yeah. is great. Yeah. Okay. I guess. I mean, maybe that's what it is then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's just like forgetting the fact that he was president and it's pretty easy to because you know, not a lot got done. Yeah. Um, uh, he's just some like, just he's just like this older dude. Like if you knew like an older gentleman who was very wealthy and kind of cool and you were like, yeah. oh, what is he like? Right. What do you think he likes? Well, at, at the soirees and the cocktail parties mm-hmm. that they're at eating canapes. What do you think they're talking about? I know. About? Well, it kind of reminds me. Oh, Parasite me. was so powerful. I felt like it really is. What do you think it is? I, it kind of reminds me of like, you know, uh, Oprah has her favorite things every year, even though like she doesn't have a talk show anymore. And people people still flock to that and yeah. like but crave that, everything that she says. It was awesome. But yeah, and that was heavily established though in her talk show and her True. presence online. Yeah. And also we established that she didn't really know her or vet these books very well, or at least no, at the beginning. No, um, So yeah, I mean, that doesn't, is he trying to be a brand like Oprah? I think maybe, you know, but I, I like I said, I And why I is think... an Avengers Endgame on here? <laughs> uh, Come on, I, Mr. President. I agree with uh, Marty Scorsese. 
Um, the Marvel films are uh, not not films. Um, I I think, you know, like I said, I I do, I do think that people care about what former presidents said. So, like you said, it's like you just know this cool wealthy old guy. I voted for him. I don't care what he, he what thinks. he likes, what kind of media he likes. Yeah. Okay. If he wants to get a podcast going, come into this this ring. Uh-oh. And start talking about uh, different kinds of entertainment, uh-huh. and movies, and TV shows. Yeah. Then we'll see. Then okay. I'll have to size him up, right? As a uh, potential competitor, sure. Or at least as a podcast colleague. Yeah. There you go. And I'll be like, "All right, all right, Obama, give me what you got." <laughs> I'll be like, "I will uh, destroy you. Uh, we'll take you down." <laughs> we got him. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Mikan Hana. And I'm Caliban. And we're the hosts of the Sailor Noob Podcast. I'm the expert. And I'm the noob. You're talking into the wrong end of the microphone. Aye, aye. Okay. Every week we watch a new episode of Sailor Moon and learn about monsters, fashion, food, culture, and of course, the Sailor Warrior of Love and Justice, Sailor Moon. All right. Now, what is her rank? Is she an admiral or a rear admiral? Okay, shh, shh. The ad's almost over. We're a couple of magical people, and every week we moon, prison, power, make up a new episode. Better amidships. Study as she goes. Please stop that. Sailor Noob is available every Friday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Shiver me timbers. Remember that? Remember when uh, James Bond uh, was with the Queen? Remember that? Uh, And he's like... Maybe I don't remember that specifically. What what do we need to do, Mom? She's like, we have to have a great Olympics this year. (laughs) Remember when the Olympics were in London and they did that video? And like Daniel Craig is like hanging out with... With Queen Elizabeth? And... Yeah, and I think Prince Andrew, which is not a good look. <laughs> but uh, uh, at least I could not be anymore. Wrong. There was one guy in one of those. It's got the red part and the and the black lapels, and then it's got that thing in the middle of the you know the yeah. tie pin. They look like Dracula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it was one of the princes. Okay. Anyway, it's insane that something like that, even in this d- age of. I'm cool. I'm in charge of everybody in the free world. Here are my list of favorite TV shows and movies. Yeah, like, why would she agree to do that? <laughs> because why Why wouldn't she agree to do that? But why would anybody think that's a good idea? I, right. A fictional secret agent yeah. who is specifically known to be his entire persona. And, they, and they've tried to change this because he's got a girlfriend now or whatever. But right. basically, like, he is... He's killed more people with VD than he has with his yeah. PPK, right? Yeah, like yeah, at yeah. this point, like it's just he's based on dissolution, like a, a knife. He cuts through life like every day's the last. Mm-hmm. He kiss, kiss, bang, bang. He's right. Mr. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mom, <laughs> with a tiny little queen. I, I know. Let's get this Olympic started, right? With a it's, kiss, kiss, bang, bang. It's, it's weird. Yeah. It's but weird. he's such an institution at this point. He True. is a British national hero. And I wouldn't be surprised if once, uh, you know, Sam Mendes gives up the ghost and it's coming soon. I haven't heard any talk about They won't do it until, you know, after um, it's time to die. Wake up. Time to die. Right, whatever right, it's called right. comes out. 
but you know we need a new bond we need a new uh, person to run the series yeah, yeah. a new writer sure. i wouldn't be surprised if stephen moffat tried to throw his hat in the ring I because he I seems either. at this point bound and determined to write and create for every british cultural hero that mm. they have yeah <laughs> you know what i mean kind of seems that way yeah like when's he gonna do like a nelson miniseries <laughs> uh now that he's doing dracula because hey everybody dracula hasn't been done good enough yet apparently according <laughs> to him and uh Margatus, yeah uh yeah so we're gonna i saw a review that was like uh dracula is uh Twice as horny as it should be and half as good as anatomy or something oh, like no. that. It's like, great. Oh, okay. great. <laughs> I do kind of want to watch it just because, but. You, well, you let me know how it is. Oh, all right. A lot of that going on okay. in our partnership here. Yeah. Recently. Yeah, I, I know. Enjoy uh, Killing Eve, which, uh, Killing Eve, we're talking so about spy, spy stuff. stuff. Let's just do it right now. Yeah. Talking yeah. about Killing Eve. I hate Killing Eve. I, know I hate do. it. I loved the first half of the first season. Yep. And then when the second season and the first episode of the second season, or the second half of the first season, yeah. first episode of the second season, which I never got past, was all the same thing over and over again. Villanelle or L or whatever they call her for short is right. like, she's trying to figure this out. She's going to murder at least three innocent people every episode. I know. And then uh, uh, Chicago Hope. No. Grey's Anatomy lady is going to be like, yeah. I don't know what's going on here. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. And then we're just killing off the entire supporting cast. And now season two starts and there is no supporting cast because you killed them all. Right. And she's still just killing people. And there's just no growth. I'm not interested. It doesn't. It's the same thing over and over again. They do that thing. This is a, you know how smart that Fleabag lady is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She wrote a scene into the first episode of her show where she jerks off to an Obama speech. Yeah. She kills somebody by doing the thing where you just... Mm, yeah, yeah, and you grab their Hold head and their you head turn and to the side, turn it. and people don't die like that. Yeah, you don't. You do that just to shock people. It's a dumb way to shock people. It's dumb. We don't. We don't care. We know that she's a murderer. I don't. Do something else. Show. Come on. I was shocked, but in a, I was pissed off. Right. I did not yes. like that. Choice. It was just trying to provoke you. It's a. It's it made a, me mad. Right, but <laughs> yeah, but it's just it was done in such a manipulative way. I agree. <sighs> Uh, just to elicit a response and like remind us that she's a bad guy. And how oh, many people is Scarlett people? Johansson gonna kill in the Black Widow movie? Hopefully not. Uh, oh, you got something on your chin there. Oh, uh, one-handed right. neck break. Cause right. Spines uh, spines are are made of Smarties, so Apparently. it all works out. Yeah, we just that little just twist. Yeah, they all fall out. Mm-mm, gross. In Candyland, the animals' bones are uh, made of uh, oh, that's, smarties. Wow. Spy fiction has been around for a while. Yeah, absolutely. And um, guess what? I didn't look up when it first came out. But I know that probably the first time that it became popularized or became, you know, espionage has always been part of um, politics and world government. Sure. But the first time that it became sort of popularized, I think, was um, in the era of what they call the Great Game which was like the European powers of the late 19th century, the early 20th century, like pre-World War One, mm-hmm. um, all trying to mess with each other. So sure. you've got, you know, the, um, the, you know, the, you know, France and England, and you've got 
Russia, which is not yet uh, communist Russia. Right. And you've got um, Prussia and you've got all these things that they've got, you know, nothing better to do. Industrialization is set, uh, industrialization set in. Um, the economies are getting better. And they've got really nothing to do than just sort of mess with each other. Yeah. And it's sort of this, you know, trains and, and, and telegraphs, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and secrets and hats and things like that. It's just right. like this idea. Now, that didn't really... If we never went any farther than that, I think, and there are some great like books and stories, not really a lot of movies though set in that era, but mm. of course that all gave way to World War II, which became right. the setting that Call of Duty would never leave <laughs> another hundred years from now. We're still going to be talking about effing World War II, right, right. but that was you know a world war with new technology and shifting alliances and mm-hmm. weird, um, you know, treaties and agreements and people Double agents. doing things. And yeah, Mata Hari's got uh, codes inside of her, her bustier, you mm-hmm. know, and she's dancing. That was World War One, of course. But uh, <laughs> uh, it, yeah, and, and again, telegraphs and carrier pigeons and rolled dolls trying to figure out all kinds of crazy stuff. And, right. Yeah, it's just like there's a lot of fodder there. That's where James Bond came from. Right. Even though his stories are set initially in the 50s after that, you know, Ian Fleming based it supposedly on his real life experiences. Sure. Now, he didn't, um, you know, ride a space shuttle to a moon base <laughs> uh, with lasers. No. But just his experiences, the experiences of, like I said before, like, you know, Roald Dahl and all these, you know, British intellectuals who are, you know, getting into these cloak and dagger kind of schemes. Mm. And it's... You know, it's fascinating, and I should say right now, when we talk about spy fiction, we're focusing on Western spy fiction. Uh, true. We're not focusing yeah. on, like, the court intrigues of... Oh, fair, that's a fair point. Of, of Osaka, you know, palace yeah, yeah, or yeah. whatever, and, like, ninjas, although that'd be cool. Yeah. We could do that. Yeah. I kind of want to do that. <laughs> Maybe another time. But we're doing this instead. <laughs> yeah. And, like, when you think of a spy movie, what immediately comes to mind? Um, wow. Um, I think of Rope. Rope? Just like a lot of rope. Somebody's got it like over their shoulder. Uh, <laughs> and they're wearing like a, a balaclava, they call it in uh, England, or like okay. a ski mask here. Sure. Um, I guess I think a lot about um, uh, Mission Impossible or other like spy shows like this message is about to self-destruct. You know, um, you, you get the message, you get the information, and then it, it destructs itself, like, because we don't want that information falling into the wrong hands. How lazy is Jim Phelps? Um, <laughs> Real easy for him to just take it out of the thing and just, you know, that we all smoke, cigarette lighter, burn the tape, done. Right. It but apparently, in the one time player. he's like, okay, got it, and then walks away from the tape recorder and then chaos or schmirsch or something right. like the tape. God, all right. We got to build a bomb in everything that we send to Jim Phelps from now on. When he hits the sports section of his newspaper, it bursts into flames. Right. Takeout menus. It's, it's terrible. Very flammable person. So. Yeah, that's... Uh, was it Bruce Geller that invented uh, Mission Impossible? That was sort of his... I don't really know a lot about him as much as I know about Gene Roddenberry. I know that Gene Roddenberry loved um, military fiction. Okay. Like... Um, Horatio Hornblower uh, novels and sure. things like that, and uh, also um, like Gulliver's Travels and uh, literature like that. And so that's what he was thinking of when he uh, created Star Trek. Mm-hmm. The idea of you know something that's military fiction set in a world um, of a service, but yeah. then also he wanted to include his 
um, humanistic ideals in it as well. Mm-hmm. Whereas uh, Geller is just like, what if a guy could rip his, what if Martin Landau rips his face off and right. he's, <laughs> he's somebody else? Right. <laughs> Uh, I just wanted to shock you, you know. Yeah, but it like, works. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it's it's exciting. And um, also, um, yeah, also uh, Leonard Nimoy on both. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, and that's, you know, that's I think that that's a great uh, pick, you know, other than James Bond, which uh, began in the early 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, having uh, Mission Impossible is another great example of two things that really set what you think of as the... Um, tropes yes or the things that you'd expect from a, a spy thing yes. gadgets R- exactly um you know, bond in the books had gadgets but it wasn't anything that was necessarily maybe later on that was w- what you could identify as a gadget mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it wasn't like a laser watch right, right, you know, right or a grappling hook watch when did omega get involved again with the jade Bonds? <laughs> i don't know when did mr omega call up cubby broccoli and it's yeah, like right? got an idea well, what if I, his watch dispenses contraceptives? Mm-hmm. Well, he doesn't use any. A laser, then. I think we're in business. I was looking at like spy gadgets from films and stuff like that, and it's been a while since I've seen the Spy Kid movies, which actually I think <laughs> they're actually Detour. fairly entertaining. <laughs> yeah, they are. Uh, they at are. least you know the first. I think I mean I've seen the second one, but they their watches were really cool and like interactive and, and that, so anachronistic. Right, kids don't have watches. <laughs> Not anymore. Not anymore. It's no. all in your phone. Yeah, exactly. Or your sonic screwdriver. We'll get, we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you have um, those kind of gadgets in a Final Final Fantasy. <laughs> what? How did in we get there? Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. Uh-huh. Fantasy Final. Yeah. Uh, or a James Bond situation. You know, you had um, Wild Wild West came out uh, in the mid '60s, I think. Mm-hmm. But that itself was just a chance to like, we got all these. Cowboy shows are all, you know, all the rage. Like, we yeah. usually we're just putting uh, beep, beeping flashing lights on them, and now they're like an alien planet on Star Trek. But what if we sure. just use the cowboy sets, but this guy's like a secret agent circa Civil War, and so he's got like crazy gadgets. Sure. And he's, you know, facing down, you know, despotic mad scientists. Mm-hmm. And they got cowboy hats on. What about right, that? Right, right. It's like, see you tomorrow night. Right. It's Thursday night. Something classic with a futuristic twist. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it works. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about a lot of things like that on this show. But like the original Bond books, like From Russia With Love, one of my favorite, uh, I think my favorite James Bond film, mm-hmm. two in and they, they nailed it. Yeah. Um, the big gadget is a canister of deodorant <laughs> that's actually knockout gas. Sure. And if you don't open your briefcase the right way, it blows up and knocks you out. Awesome. <laughs> the, the whole thing is in the beginning of the, of the movie, they give him a briefcase and they're like, here's a briefcase. A knife comes out of here in case you have to stab right. somebody. Out of this side, uh, we got a roll of cougar ants in here. I'll have you this briefcase. Uh-huh. And then uh, here's some deodorant, but don't use it on your arms. Right, right, it, right. it magnetically locks here. And if you open the case with the wrong, if it's not 007, if it's 006 or whatever, then it's not you clearly and it blows up. So <laughs> I need to be the TSA guy who uh, tries to open that up. Yeah. But, and that that's was, it. That was people stick. were like, whoa, what yeah. a cool gadget. Oh, and I forgot. It also has a collapsible uh, rifle in it. Like uh, a little sniper rifle. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Too. And I think it's got like f- grenades, like flat grenades. Wow. There's a lot in that suitcase. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the whole thing. Not a giant 
uh, parachute, like a oh. giant basketball. Right, that, right, right. Wait, that was double team. Not uh, not an invisible car. Uh-huh. <laughs> it doesn't have to be uh, sort of like that. No, it doesn't. But, but I just, that's part of, you know, I think the stereotype is like dudes like gadgets. Mm-hmm. Um but I mean, everybody likes gadgets, right? Who doesn't like gadgets? Yeah, and so I think that that's a big part of the appeal of spy movies. When you watch a spy movie, do you yeah. track what's going on around um, the fifth double cross? And someone's like the treaty with the thing, and then like it's about the oil. Thanks, thanks, Sundance. <laughs> um, uh, for it, the most part, I you feel think so? Like I do yeah. Um, Maybe there might be some times where I get confused. Like if, if it's more than a double cross, if it's like a triple or quadruple cross, <laughs> then maybe I might be a little confused um, because honestly, who wouldn't be at that point? <laughs> There's so many. Like, how do you even know what team you're on? <laughs> you know? Yeah. But I mean, something like, um, like, remember Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy? Yes. Which is, I don't think, I'm not sure what you would call james bond because james bond the books and the films have a very um they've become very sort of action movie-esque yeah and so when bond chases a airplane that's falling off of a runway in the mountains in russia yeah and then he skydives down to the airplane then gets into it and then like pulls it up and flies away from the base before it blows up Yeah, yeah yeah that's just some Will Smith shit, right? Yeah, That's yeah, not, yeah, yeah. But something like uh, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy by the writer Jean Le Carré, mm-hmm. who is probably, should be announced in the same breath as someone like Ian Fleming in terms of writing spy books. Yeah. Those are always about about the double crosses, about double agents, about right. um, the danger of, of being a spy. And also the very yeah. stiff upper lip British. I'm just, a, I like tea. Like, why do I am doing, why am I doing this? Right. I got to pretend that I don't like tea. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, how horrible. Right. I'm killing an owl with a roll up newspaper. <laughs> it's a weird scene. But yeah, that to me, that is as exciting as any other thing. Oh yeah, definitely. But if you can combine them yeah. in a movie like Ronan, uh-huh. I'll take that too. Yeah. Like by the time Ronan's, Ronan's over, film. and Ronan even pokes fun at this because by the time it's over, did you know who Victor was working for or who the who the the skating guy or what was going on in the thing, the deal? Not really. Who sent uh, Natasha M- McKellen or me or whatever? Right, right, who right. Who was she really working for in the Yeah. End? It's unclear, I think. Yeah. And like... And they're like... They're a whole MacGuffin. They're they're like what? Well, what's what's inside the the, the MacGuffin? It's like eh, it's just a MacGuffin. They they never they never deal with it. Right. It's a little frustrating. As yeah, a but viewer, it doesn't. Yeah, but, but it doesn't matter. It's I, not a tuxedo I, I know. that I know. Jackie Chan's gonna put on. I know. <laughs> so yeah, uh, but that that is a good film, uh, and that's definitely about spy stuff. And then they like, what was it like? Sean Bean was like, it was like. You're not a spy. Get out of here. You know, like how did he even like? How did he even like show up? You, you get out of here. Yeah. How did he even like show up and like know to you know? And then he puts everybody in danger because he freaks out. What I like about Ronan, and we've talked about Ronan, and we don't want to waste all our yeah, time yeah, talking yeah. about Ronan, but is that it takes it's set not within that 
um, the circus, you know, from uh, Le Carre's stuff. You mm-hmm. know, it's not set within the community. It's set outside of it. It takes the the end of the Cold War and the fall of the Soviet regime uh, to set this backdrop where a lot of people have lost their jobs, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Jean Reno probably worked for, I can't now remember what the French um, sort of intelligence service is named. Sure. Um, probably worked, you know, in the Eastern Bloc, and then it was like, well, we don't need you anymore. So. Right, right. Uh, and presumably Robert De Niro the same. And then, but you have to have people who, like Sean Bean, who... Just, you know, they're adrenaline junkies. Like, they want this life. They're posers. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I like the fact that before... Because you could make the first act of the movie real boring in that they're just collecting their guns and stuff. And they're getting all this stuff. But they smartly find a conflict in yes. the first act, which is Robert De Niro's character using his spy training on his own team. Like, yeah, using yeah, yeah. it on this guy and it seems like they hate this guy, but he's really saving this guy's life. Like, right, right, Sean right. Bean would have caught a bullet because Absolutely. he has no idea what he's doing. So yeah. he's partially like, you know, get out of here. You don't know what you're doing. You know, you suck. But it's also like, you're going to thank me. <laughs> I can't break character here, but you, you, you're you going to get us killed. You're going to get yourself killed. Yeah. Go home. Get a job. Stop. Stop with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And exactly. I like that. Like, what other movie would have that? Yeah, no, that's true. Imagine in the you know the first uh, hour of uh, Bad Boys, uh, Will Smith you know takes one of the bad boy cops aside and he's like, "You got to get out of this, dude. Like it's it's not you're not cut out for this." Right. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't happen. No, no, I don't think so. There's a lot of pre or early um, like, like pre James Bond films or films that came out before pretty much every spy movie became a James Bond film. Um, films like um, The Ipcrest File. Or um, the Manchurian Candidate. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the Manchurian Candidate? I don't think I have. Um, I think I might have seen like a part of the newer version. Why don't you play some solitaire but... and uh, figure it out? A part of the new version. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. With the uh, Denzel Washington. Yeah. I he's think got I saw tape part on of his it. glasses because yeah. he's crazy. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, the conversation. Uh, <laughs> We have to say something nice about Coppola. I don't think I'm ready for this yet. Uh-oh. But Uh-oh. The Conversation is another great film that is about the tension that a spy movie should have. Sure. Because I think what makes spy movies, spy movies and great is unknowing, is not knowing, is the yeah. tension in not knowing something. Mm-hmm. When you're riding in an elevator with Max von Sydow yeah. and he looks weird... <laughs> Is this if I I have a forty five in my pocket right now? If I yeah. shoot a man to death in the lobby of this building, have I committed murder or have I saved my life? Yeah. You know what I mean, what is the right answer? What do I What do I do? And um, the conversation is great for that all of that because it stars um, Gene Hackman as uh, Harry Call, I think his name is, and basically he's like. You know, I don't think you ever find out. Like, I don't. I think he's a freelancer. I don't think he mm-hmm. works for the CIA or anybody like that. But he's basically like a surveillance expert. Sure. And so he's good at like recording um, video and audio, and like people go to him to like, I oh, we needed a bug like this and that, and he he ac- like accidentally records the titular conversation, mm. um, which turns out to be something that kind of like in Three Days of the Condor, which we saw the other day. Yeah, is like. Everybody who's, who's heard this has to die. And so we've got to just, you know, wipe the slate clean here. Mm-hmm. 
And as it goes on, there's this more and more paranoia because he's a guy who's kind of reclusive and he doesn't ever, he didn't ever want to be contact, do, you know, out there doing dead drops and, and brush pass and stuff like that. Like he sure. just wants to do his little sound things. Right. And he's increasingly like people start to get into his life and it sort of like drives him nuts. And it's, um, it's a pretty good film. And like a lot of, uh, Spy movies that are called good spy movies. Uh, it yeah. a- uh, ends uh, uncertain with uncertainty. Sure. Like Three Days of the Condor. Yeah, which um, I don't think holds up very well with uh, modern eyes. <laughs> before we dive in, before we shit on the Condor from yeah, a great yeah, yeah. height, mm-hmm. what is it just, I think with we've talked before on the show about the era uh, of the heyday of conspiracy fiction, haven't we? Um, we talk about, I, I know that we, remember. I thought we talked about all the president's men, but I guess not. But of course, um, Condor comes out 75. Yeah. President's men 76. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of funny Dunaway, um, the year before Chinatown comes out. Yeah. 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 Uh, what is it with like Robert Redford and spy movies? Right. Maybe he just has a look where he, he he could be a double agent or something like that. But I don't the thing know. is, is that he starts off as, you know, he's riding a bike and he's a hippie. And he's I like, know. he doesn't take this seriously. Yeah, I work for the CIA. And then like, oh, my friends get killed. Oh, no. And yeah. then he's the guy who's going to like, I'm going to tell everybody the truth. And you're going to you're going to know what the truth is. Yeah. And it's going to be in Telluride in Colorado or whatever. Right, right, right. Uh, and then later on, though, they cast him as the guy who is the jaded spy guy like in spy game when he's like training brad pitt to be a spy like he's sure. the guy who's like not all the answers are true and it's not all about the red white and blue and yeah i'm a poet now well uh, and then in like winter soldier that's exactly what yeah I he's cast as like the ultimate like can we trust this guy God. yeah and, and turns spoiler, out you can't, you can't. Yeah. yeah um yeah I-, I think maybe he's had a career of Playing spies. And... It, yeah, and it's strange because he's done a lot of other things. Oh, yeah, just, for sure. Butch think, Cassidy, uh, the Sundance Kid. Yeah, for right, example. which is like the opposite of a spy movie. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but when you think about uh, a spy movie actor, if you're not talking about a James Bond, yeah, you're pretty much thinking about somebody like him. Yeah, true. Or Gene Hackman, yes. who reprised technically his role of Harry Call in the movie Enemy of the State. Okay. We were talking about Will Smith before. Yeah. Will Smith is in a completely forgettable techno thriller. It's one of those movies where uh, computers, man, how do they work? Right. And then the evil team of spies are all like teenagers. You know, it's like Seth Green's typing on this computer. Oh, boy. Because kids, right? Yeah. What are they? He's drinking a big gulp. And these he's, hackers. Yeah. So bad, and man. And 757s are dropping out of the sky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that kind of movie. And Will Smith is like, I don't know what's going on. And then. Uh, he meets an old guy who's like, we got to get you out of this, but don't, I don't want to be connected to this. And it's supposed to be like, you can think of it as being the character from the conversation. Okay. All right. Interesting. Is it? Uh, maybe. <laughs> don't lie to me. <laughs> but then comes Skyfall from 2012. Oh boy. Yeah. Why is Skyfall not a spy movie? Discuss. Why is it not a spy movie? I mean, it is. What about but it? It's like is a spy movie. I I don't. There is a I don't know. Plot element stolen from the first Mission Impossible movie, where uh, Coconut Rat Man gets his yep. hands on a list of spies. Apparently, MI6. He's mad because MI6 recruited him. They have child spies or something like that, and they recruit them from. I don't and know. then it becomes Home Alone. 
Yeah. It's a one part uh, The Dark Knight, and then the end, the last act is Home Alone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Spies! Yeah, and M dies. So that's depressing. Dies! And uh, yeah, the bad guy is like, I, I don't know what they were doing when they wrote that character. I mean, I, I just think he's like a weird caricature and like not a real person. And it's not like spy movie bad guys have, have a history of being like really realistic because they don't. But No, I, I would say that they don't. Um, But I don't know. He just kind of... Maybe maybe I just feel like with the modern Bond films, we should be better than this at this point. Um, I, but it's I, so beautiful. Look at the uh, look at those colors. Yeah. All right. And Adele's song, so good. Um, <laughs> yeah. I I just oh man, I did not in, enjoy that film. Um, felt like it was kind of tired and um, yeah. Um, is that the one where like? I can't remember which one it was where, like, he, like, where the bad guy, like, shoots one of the girls that Bond has slept with. Yep. I mean, there's many, many Bond films. I know. That are like that. Yeah. But, But I thought we were getting away from that, and then it was like, no, we're coming back. And it's like. (laughs) Yep. Awesome. And it's like, wait a minute. (laughs) But how do we put a twist on it? Oh, she was a child prostitute who. Uh, now uh, is uh, has sex by surprise with uh, James Bond and yeah. then gets shot in the face for her trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Th- that's fine. because This she is was... the best movie, Bond movie that's come out in a long time. I know. I know. Yeah, I never really got it either. <laughs> um, but then again, you know, the, there's oil is the... Is the bad guy in Quantum Solace? So what are you gonna do? I I know, but I do think that that's a better film overall. So, trope wise, what do we got? We got gadgets. Yep. We've got uh, un unadvisable uh, sexual uh, <laughs> contact. No, yeah. Uh, we've got people, you know, double crosses. People, um, yes, being not who they seem to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've got. Um, you know, a sense of tension and a yes. sense of a mystery needing to be revealed. Yes. And except for the sex thing, we've got all that in Spyfall, the first episode yeah. of the latest season of Doctor Who. Yeah. Why did it take us so long to, to do a spy talk thing? about this? Oh, to talk about uh, Doctor Who? Um. Well, I think we got behind in watching season 11. Uh, which is the first season of the 13th Doctor, who, let me say, I was really excited about having a female Doctor, but I I feel like the writing has gotten worse, and I don't know... So in answer to my question... Why that is. <laughs> you eventually got there. Yeah. Uh, we stopped watching. Yes. Because it was bad, and we didn't like it. Yes, and I, I wanted to like it. I don't... Well... I want to like everything, but yeah. I don't understand what anything is or why it is. In Doctor Who? You could, here's two things. Mm. I think it comes down to two things. One, Chris Chibnall is not, he is a mediocre TV, TV writer at best. Mm. He is not uh, capable of uh, directing Steering this a huge uh, fan favorite show like this. Mm. And two... A lot of shit came before this, and I think a lot of their choices were trying to steer away from what had been done before. 
season hell multi-season long arcs uh the doctor is oh we don't know maybe he's not a good guy anymore you know he's quite questionable things he's doing Mm -hmm. uh you know the time lords yes or no uh oh boy i'm got a dalek in me now old villains old villains old villains and you could take let's take half of those things out Mm -hmm. you take them all out it's just a sci-fi show where every week Something kind of weird happens. Right. And we move on. Yeah. And then instead of using um, things that we know that are established in this world of ours, uh, we use, we just make up things on the spot. So here is a space racist in a leather jacket. I know. Who? I know. I mean, I didn't expect Davros to want to kill Rosa Parks, but is this, are we ever going to see this person again? Is this the beginning of something? Well, and then... And then what happens with that guy is Ryan takes his... Murders him, basically. <laughs> his, well, he takes his time travel thing and sends him further back in time. Which I'm thinking oh God, he's that gonna... could potentially cause even more trouble. <laughs> yeah. Because we know he's a space racist. So if he goes back further in time, he could really like mess up some civil rights stuff. Yeah, he's going to shoot Abraham Lincoln or something. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, earlier. But, but still, it's just like, this is a bad idea. Not like we want to kill people in Doctor Who, but maybe send them to like a space prison or something. And maybe something. that's the third leg of the stool that I didn't realize needed three legs, is that all of their decisions in writing this are unconsidered. It's mm. like they come up with something and they don't even think about what they're trying to say. And that was my one of my biggest where problems. Where you have it. something that is even Doctor Who has always been you you want to be as weird as possible. Go ahead. Right. But the the moral, the the theme, the point is always simple. I use the example of um the Doctor and Martha find themselves on a planet where humans are fighting a race of fish people and they are immediately like captured and they put the doctor's hand in a thing and it draws his blood and it creates a, a new human being who says that she's the daughter's do- the doctor's daughter. Mm-hmm. And then Martha ends up with the fish people and they're walking around and we find out they've been fighting for you know thousands of years this war has been going on. It's important. And then at the end of the episode, the doctor reveals that they've been fighting for like about three days or something like that because these machines keep making new people and so guess what that means war is futile yeah that's the point right 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 and then the daughter gets shot and then so it's also cruelty is bad yeah and then the doctor refuses to retaliate and so like refusing revenge and you know forgiveness is important absolutely these are easy points Yeah, yeah yeah what is the point of kerblam I don't know. And yes. it seems like that should have been really easy. Yeah. Now, you can fail at giving a point or you can go the extra mile and make a bad point. Yes. I feel like every time – I feel like they're trying to do – I don't feel. They are trying to do social commentary this yes. year. Very yes. So popular. And they are they're screwing up every chance to make they social commentary. They flat They're on not even face. presenting like a nuanced – Look at a tough situation. So let's take Kerblam, for instance. At the end of the episode, it turns out that people who don't, who want to fight against a gigantic uh, capitalist corporation taking over everything are bad. And the people that work for the corporation are good. 
both the people who work in the guts, you know, um, mopping or, or uh, spending 14 hours a day wrapping uh, packages are good. Yeah. And the idiot CEOs are good, too. They're, they don't know what they're doing. They're just good people. Right. They Amazon's try. okay, everybody. Yeah. It's like, no. That seems Bezos like a... bought The Expanse, not Doctor Who. Why, yeah. why would you? What? I know. What? What? I don't understand why they're doing that. And then also, like, uh, like we're 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 taking like the the guy who uh, we're, let's also like vaporize this kid who probably instead of creating an army of robots should have maybe created a union of humans, <laughs> you know. But we're just gonna kill him uh, because he he's a bad guy in this somehow. And uh, I I have another question about that episode specifically. So sure. so the bubble wrap. I'm getting a lot out of this episode. I, I know the bubble. It's one of the, le- the I think the worst ones of the, the season. Um, I think a lot of people disagree with you, but continue. Well, so the bubble wrap acts as a bomb and basically blows up the person who pops it. Right. Yeah. So then, why is there also a vat of goo? With like little ankle bracelets that is supposedly vaporized. For some reason, he's melting people. I don't remember. I don't know why. It's weird. They get too close or something. Yeah, I don't don't get it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Spyfall. We just don't do. Okay, one other thing is we quit, and then an entire year went by, Mm -hmm. eighteen months actually, where we didn't watch Doctor Who, and then we thought, okay, Doctor Who's coming back. We need to talk about it. So we will, and then we watched, caught up, watched the uh, last year's uh, New Year special, and then watched this year's New Year special, which is it's the first fall. episode of the new season. Oh yeah, yeah. Fightful Part One, um, and yeah, that's where we are. So here we go. <laughs> um, I just want to oh, say, let's bring back. Oh, s- spoilers for Spyfall Part One. Yeah. Let's bring back uh, the Daleks, even though we've completely resisted doing that. Uh oh, we'll just do it. And then you think they um they play chicken with the ratings and and uh, lost. And then it's like, hey, if you like recurring villains, yeah, I know. <laughs> here's the master. I know. Even though that doesn't make any sense. No. On a show that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, she killed himself. They killed themselves. Yeah. Right. <laughs> there is no master. Right. I mean, I'm sure that's happened before, but what? It's such a dumb decision in my opinion if you need to i agree that i think the doctor does need a nemesis right if you need that make a good one right but you can't confirm that you can't so you uh cast a new master and it's like well what's his um uh depiction gonna be oh you know like you remember jared leto's joker yeah (laughs) you got it As far as the reveal goes, I mean, it has to come at the end of part one. But what was his plan if she didn't point out that he should be able to run? <laughs> In fact, I don't it, know. If it was w- would there have been a bomb? Would he have blown the plane up if she had not figured it out at the, this point? Look, yes, had, I think he would. Have. Uh, it's totally unmotivated. He's a totally different character, and then suddenly he's the master. They've done that before. I think that that's bad writing, but that's not out of character. But up till that point. Was anything going to happen if she hadn't said anything? He's just carrying around a little man. and Check out what I got at Wall Drug. It's a little man in a matchbox <laughs> who I guess was the original O a or person. Whatever. Yeah. But like that doesn't really matter because the prop master had a really good idea. 
And then she points that out and he blows up the plane. Would any of that were were they just gonna get there if she hadn't said anything? No, I think it's he crazy. Would've, I think he would have blown up the plane no matter what and he would have escaped somehow. And but he was just trying to play it but off like he was that, oh like the most the whole time. But why not have that matter to the story? Yeah. Chris Chibnall scripts you. are like the bare bones. They're like an outline of a Doctor Who script where you write in, you know, the doctor meets an alien she doesn't recognize. They discuss what it is. There's some kind of weird thing. They run to another location. They discuss what they're going to do next. And then under all those, you put, um, come up with something good, fill this out later, and nothing ever gets filled out. Yeah, I hear It's you. just, yeah, and it's just like the barest bones of ideas. Like, let's do, it's spies, so... She's going to wear a bow tie. I know. Because a bow tie. She's not even wearing a tuxedo. <laughs> well, her outfit is weird. It's, she's it's wearing like, it's like a old. She's wearing 11 Dr. Castoffs. It's just like, I guess she's a, wearing a tuxedo or something. And then we're going to go to a party yep. where there's gambling yep. because Spies. James Bond. Yeah. Even though the gambling has nothing to do with anything. And the nope. party scene is about four minutes long. Yeah. And she confronts the villain, which is another thing. Um, you know, when usually the villain has the good guy in a death trap. And yeah. he's like, let me just tell you the whole plan. Right. And so we have a scene kind of like that. And then they chase him on his own motorcycles. And he's and in he's the car. Like, instead yeah. of like just stopping the car and being like, why are you following? I'm going to call the police. Stop following me. He's like, kill them. So he shoots at them, and then they get to where he's going, which is an airport, has not killed them, and is like, oh, they're probably dead. Like, it just, uh, yeah, <laughs> you have decided to murder fair. someone today. Yeah. You don't just go, well, now time to get on the plane. And when did he get off? <laughs> I'll take the, a Diet Coke. Yeah, when did he get off the plane, and how is the plane flying without anybody? doesn't matter. Anybody? The, the, they have, there are light uh, aliens, uh, David Bowie aliens <sighs> yeah. uh, from the Ashes to Ashes video that yeah. teleport you. That does not matter at all. So it's very disappointing, and honestly, they brought the master back. We just got done with a controversial master. Um, don't get me wrong. I loved Missy as the master, I but a too. lot of people didn't. And we went to the trouble of having her be like the co-lead of the show. Like yeah. she was traveling with them, and she was showing up all the time. We just went through all that. Why is the, your first instinct, bring the master back? I think they were thinking of... Uh, and they'd be like, I'm so, I'm so crazy. Ooh, ah, I'm crazy. Yeah, I know. Um, I, I think, you know, nice. their... I know, their, their New Year's special last year was the Daleks. Ugh. And they were like, how can we top that? And they were like, well, not I mean, Cybermen. Uh, but how about the Master? Yeah. And then also like these light alien and guys that are also alien spies. In the alley, alley, whatever, the aisle of a plane. And he's like, I'm the master. Great stuff. What if <laughs> her having read the file, doing the, the work, the intelligence of a spy yeah. meant that he had to do his thing early. Maybe we'll find out when we the sequel episode comes out. But because he had to set the bomb early, they're not in the right spot. So they're not going to run into a mountain or a time warp that yeah. they were supposed to. Sure. That's just my thing with like, what if she hadn't said anything? Would it just have gone forward? It's 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 so weak. It'd be hard. You couldn't. This is goat. But like when Derek Jacoby was the master, that completely changed the story in yeah. a devastating way. They're trapped on this planet in the year 10 trillion at the end of time. And there's space zombies that want to eat everybody. And they're banging on the door. And all they need to do is just get through... Uh, this door basically like 
you know, getting in the TARDIS mm-hmm. and Derek Jacoby realizes he's the master. He shoots the nice scientist lady that had been helping them the entire time. And then he locks the TARDIS and he's like, bye. And he just leaves. And now they're trapped on space zombie planet with no TARDIS. What yeah. happens? Right, right, right. Um, I am the master. <laughs> Would you like a magazine? Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, that was a that was a a huge reveal, and this, like I mean, like you've said, like it just pales in comparison. Um, I feel like they could have done a better reveal than this. Was their dumb thing because they can't do anagrams anymore? Was their incredibly dumb thing that he was a spy master, and it's like, doctor, it was right in front of you the entire yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So the doctor also does not enjoy master and commander, the far side of the world. Uh, she could never be in a subdom relationship. Uh, she, whenever she plays video games, it's always on expert, but not master. Uh, does she just avoid the word master wherever she goes? Maybe. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if that were the case. Um, when she's referring formally to a young boy, uh, she can't call him master. <laughs> She hates Alfred right. irrationally right. from Bruce Wayne's uh, uh, house. And then, like, at the end of the episode, um, he sends her to, like, this weird forest thing that Yaz was in before. Which Yaz and... got out of before. Yeah. <laughs> so. Right. <laughs> and, was, and was, as far as we know, never in any danger. Only scared because she had no idea what was going on. Um, I'm just presuming that the doctor will. Get out of it somehow. Get out of it, so. But the three humans are stuck on the plane with a bomb and apparently no parachutes. So she's freaking out because she's like, they're going to die. I'm never you sure know? how time travel works on Doctor Who. But if she does, and she will inevitably um, get out. Mm-hmm. And then something that's always a problem in Doctor Who, which is let's get out of this machine that can take us anywhere. Then we end up somewhere else and we want to go. But... We're not with that machine anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, let's we where's where do we park the car? Right. In this episode, she just summons the TARDIS to her. Isn't it this one yeah. or is it in uh, maybe it's in the last year's New Year's thing. So we've already established that that's no longer a problem. She can just boop, yep. boop and summon the TARDIS to her. So she gets out of the wire place, summons the TARDIS to her. It's a time machine. She goes back, go in, back time in time to the plane. Yeah. Saves everybody. Right. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Spies. I so know. in this episode, you've got, oh, he's got a code name. You've got yes. Stephen Fry for no I good reason. No. Who is C, and I don't get the joke. But I, I think he just wanted a letter other than M. Brutally murdered. Yes. By, he was shot in the back of the head by aliens who shoot lasers. But also they've got a gun, Bullets, I guess. Somehow? Yeah. <laughs> one, guy, one guy's old school. He insists on having a gun. There is literally like a blood splatter and an impact. And it's like, Doctor Who? I know. Why? People know. fall down. They're dead. We get it. Yeah. Uh, he's dead. We still don't know why the bad guy is a guy who is was like formerly worked for British intelligence. Um, in this case, MI6. Um, and he is... Um, you know, he has started a company, right? Um, I guess with his knowledge, which is something that I could see happening if you had some Vore kind of or something like that. Yeah, it's called. well, it's Google, but yeah, uh, yeah, 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 it's for which we already did that with yep. the episode Dalek. Henry Van Patten, he owns the internet. Yeah, um, it's so wo- woefully out of date now. I know, I know. Just call him Jeff Bezos. Um, 
<laughs> so yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, and like the the guy who's head of war is seven. Uh, uh he's like what ninety three percent. Yes, ninety three percent human. So what Less is the seven percent? Than ivory soap. Yeah. So what's the other seven percent? They have gadgets like. I, the problem is that I don't think spy fiction is distinct enough from Doctor Who in order to do a spy episode. Mm, that might be. They've got gadgets where they're like, you know, turning off cameras or whatever, which I guess they were forget to use in the guy's office because he sees them on camera. Fair. Um, but I mean, I feel like the Doctor could just do that anyway. You know, with her Sonic, yeah, yeah. So absolutely, she could I don't do anything. Think this is a good idea, oh. and I think that it is not executed well. And it's just, unfortunately, seems like a sign that the show is just going to continue bumbling its way along. Yeah. Um, I think it's smart that they want to tackle social issues, but I don't think that they are being smart about it. Yeah. And I, I don't think that they're hey, doing it well. It's a good thing that the doctor was in Selma that day. Oh, boy. And helped Rosa Parks find the courage. Well, to... I just, I, I have issues with that because they're like, we can't change history, but we have to make sure the history happens the way it happened. <laughs> yeah, but they had to stop that space races. I know. And the doctor didn't know that Ryan was going to just throw him into the void. <laughs> she doesn't get mad at him about it either. It's like. No, no. The last like, episode of last that. season. Uh, Graham, if you murder Tooth Guy who killed your wife, right. even in self-defense, you can't travel with me anymore. Right. Oh, well, I got to struggle with that duck. And then like next episode, F you, Dalek, you're dead. I'm going to melt your ass. I know. <laughs> and I think that's just her, the doctor's mentality it's towards just, Daleks. There's nobody at the wheel. Yeah. It, this show is flying like the TARDIS. Mm. Uh, well, we uh, crapped quite a bit on that. Do you want to wrap it up by talking about uh, a movie that you one of us brought up before that hasn't aged well but I think is a great example of what people wanted from a spy movie yeah at the height of spy movies or at least conspiracy movies and that is the movie Three Days of the Condor yes it was a book called Six Days of the Condor yeah they couldn't afford that so it's just, just three it's just, <laughs> it's three, just days. three days yeah starring our so, yeah boy Robert Redford. Robert Redford um so he just a book reader like he they read books and everything that's sort of written and they work for the cia now i don't know if this is real or not mm. but another trope of spy fiction is that they'll go i mean you know if it's trying to be realistic and not like doctor who the, we will go to insane extremes to protect americans and yeah. their way of life and interests yeah and so in this they literally they have like a uh, like a Google book scanner, you know, mm -hmm. but it's 1975. Right, right, right. And they're basically just like scanning OCR, scanning books in, and they're reading these books and they're looking for like any connections, anything that would, could be a code or could be, um, relate to any operations that they have right. going on. And for me, it seems like, I don't think you need to worry about that copy of uh, Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farm. Do you yeah, know what I mean? right, like, right, Is right. that really going to be a problem? But there, there's this um, almost religious uh, sort of commitment to, you know, our side. Right, right, right. And um, so, yeah, that's what he does. And he does not really care or take it seriously. But he's no. a genius. Right. And so he figures out, wait a minute, like, I'm finding these, I guess he finds books that are published in some languages but not others. Yeah. And so he thinks that, there's that some weird they would then be important there. to 
um, people who could read them or would use them, you know, as like some kind of code, which is another thing that you see in fiction, like book codes sure. is a thing. Um, you know, I could give you like a page number of a certain kind right. of book and then like the first letter of the first word or even the word itself could like spell out a message or something like that. Like Absolutely. Cryptography and codes are important to this. And so, yeah, so he writes like a paper about how he thinks that this could be a thing. Just look into it, I guess. It gets bumped up to the head office. And before you know it, everybody's dead and nobody's going to eat those sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah. He went out to get lunch and that's the only reason why he wasn't killed. Um, and he like calls it in to like the head office and everything and they tell him to call back and all this stuff. And it's like the, he's going to go uh, meet some guys that he he's never met before. And they're like, well, we'll bring along somebody who you know. Uh, and he bring they bring along a friend of his from way back when, and the guy who's in charge of um, his department has a gun and he shoots at him and you're like and then it's like whoa double cross you know because you thought like this is the company this is the CIA this is who he's working for so why are they shooting at him right and his friend ends up dead uh, he shot the. Uh, the guy who is the head of the department, he ends up in the hospital. And then he dies somehow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mysteriously. Somebody pulled the plug or something like that. Right. Uh, d d department head of uh, the CIA yeah. uh, who was shot by a double agent, a traitor in an alley, mm -hmm. goes to a hospital. Yeah. No guards. Yeah. Nothing. Well, they, they got him before CIA knew about it or whatever what? or could intervene. It was on the news. Yeah. Well, they, they got to him before the CIA could. So they, supposedly. We know that. No, no, that's not right. He that's just died because. Said. Well, he just that was an ex excuse then because Robert Redford waited to watch the news to hear about the incident. It was on the news. Mm -hmm. So. If the news knows, the CIA knows that their man is in the hospital. Well, they, yeah. So now you can tell me that, well, remember that we're going to find out that the CIA is is in on this thing. There's a CIA inside the CIA. Mm -hmm. And so they just told the guy guarding him to go cop a walk, you know, and then they took care of it. But we didn't, all, all we saw was a heart monitor go flat. Yeah, I know. So they just weren't interested in telling that part of the story. No. Also, why was it important that that guy died? Just so we know that he was dead? Because it's yeah. not like um, Uncle Ben didn't, uh, Cliff Robertson, uh, didn't uh, give him extra grief because, like, you know, the man you shot died. Like, nobody ever brings no. that to this guy at all. No. When he's trying to um, get them to bring him in. Right. That's a spy thing. Yes. I'm on the outside. You got to bring me in. Right. Yeah, I got to come in from the cold. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, he goes into a store. But and instead, he... he kidnaps Faye Dunaway. Yeah. At gunpoint. Who's also in, I mean, all movies in the 70s were paranoid movies, I guess, but yeah. he's also in a lot of paranoid movies. And then they have sex where she is terrified, and rightly yeah. so. Yeah, she's, uh, he's, he's like tied her up and pointed a gun at her quite a bit. And then it has somehow decided it's time to have sex. And she has a boyfriend, but she's like, well, I guess I'll just go along with this. And she just goes along with it. But yet she looks terrified at points while they're having sex. It's doesn't it doesn't work. No. At all. And it's a the 70s. It's a horny decade. It's a Hollywood movie. It's two of the most beautiful people in the world. They're right. going to bang. We get it. But right. have them bang. Just do it. Have the relationship be more than 
her being, you know, she's a great actress, being very effectively terrified of him the entire time. Yes. Instead of that, have her begin to uh to sympathize sympathize with him? with him because she helps him like immediately after. Yeah. Uh but instead she's like scared the whole time. He negs the pictures that she takes. Yep. And and they're doing it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it just the, And it, then they choose to like you said they choose to film it but it isn't like Boy, I'm scared, but maybe being scared makes me horny. And this is Robert Renford, you know? Right. So like, oh, well, I'm kind of getting into this. No, they make sure to show you that she feels good. Then she's wildly looking around, like, while he's penetrating her. Yes. And, uh, yeah. Ew. It's This is code gross. name. Ooh, as yeah. you say in the spy trade. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't work. And then afterwards, they, the movie seems to compound the fact that it doesn't work. Because she calls it, like spy fucking and then like she apologizes to him for like saying that like because like that was like something like really horrible that yeah she i think did. they called it something other than lampshading in the 70s but as long as you point out that it was weird it's fine and then the rest of the movie it's fine until he just throws her out of the movie and it didn't ever really matter and this happens a lot this whole i need your help just help me yeah and then all we're in love like the born identity is a great example of that yeah i know i mean i don't i guess i don't remember what she was doing she was a german college student or something i don't remember what she was doing before all this happened um before they uh, uh he gives her or she ends up running her um, scooter business in the tropics and then <laughs> right. carl urban shoots her in the face in the second movie right spoilers i guess for, for the born <laughs> flippy floppy whatever it's called yeah but, you know, the, the truth of the matter is um, being afraid for your life is not hot. No. But no. it is in spy movies, though. I don't know what it is. Like... Uh, so that's weird. And I feel like the, the ultimate... Uh, it's supposed to be unsatisfying. You know, Max von Sydow kills everybody you know. And yep. then at the end, he's like, well, nobody's paying me to kill you. Hey, uh, where'd you go to school? Uh, you I want know. a burger? I know. And you think like... I, I don't know. I think now... Robert Redford, if we made that movie now, he would shoot him. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, I mean, he's not a killer, even though he kills the mailman. But Yeah. Um, but it's supposed to be, you're not going to get an answer. It's not going to be satisfying. The answer right. is, the people that run the company you work for tried to kill you. Very unsatisfying. The guy who killed a lot of those people, it, he doesn't care. He doesn't no. have, he's the opposite of, we'll do anything to protect America. He just wants the money. Right. And so he bears you no ill will. And he's going to give you a lift to the bus station. And then you confront Uncle Ben at the end. Yeah. And he's like, also, like, you think that you've found something amazing here? Like, this is this game is going to go on and on. But as a viewer, I'm disappointed because it's about oil. I know it's the 70s. I know. Maybe this is, if it was about oil now, say, for instance, Trump is like, let's invade Iraq and we'll get their oil. Yeah. And then they can buy the oil back from us or whatever his incredibly stupid uh plan or saying was right um yeah we get that it's about the oil yeah just the movie played it like some huge reveal oh my god arabic that means it's about the oil i know that's your climax it was that's your climax disappointing yeah also the movie starts with a goofy groovy funky soundtrack that's like a spy movie and he's riding his motorized bicycle into work it's just it's it's very goofy I, but it's you know, I get I mean I guess I get, it's supposed to be you don't know what's coming but right 
And yeah, but he's just like a, a red ninety seconds guy. in, Max Vancito staring at your office from across the street. It doesn't matter how funky the music is; like I know what's going to happen. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I was disappointed. I'd never seen it before until yeah. I saw it recently, and I was um, I was disappointed. Like I, the conversation came out in '74. Like so, there was they're definitely doing good quote unquote spy films back then, but yeah. I was not blown away. But then again, when you think about it, this was a blockbuster Hollywood blockbuster film. Yeah, how often are Hollywood blockbuster films really, really get in there, really dig in? Yeah, I mean, when you put it that way. Even when the Coen brothers do a spy film, it's Burn After Reading. Right, which right, is, right. Which is like this huge cluster F of just people who are all dumb and yet are all somehow in charge of our safety. Well, what I want to know, so the, it ends up very unsatisfactorily. Um, what is he going to do now? Like, is he going to just go back to his apartment, find another job somewhere? He'll die. Okay. Somebody will All pull right. up next to him. Sure. Give him a warm, inviting smile. Yeah. And he'll get shot. Okay. Yeah. All right. Great. Well, look, last year he beat the establishment by taking down Nixon. This right. year he's going to lose to the establishment yeah. by being okay. shot in an alley. Awesome. Anything that you, any favorite trope of yours or anything that you'd like to see um, that you think doesn't happen enough in a, a spy film? Um. Hmm. I'd like, like, I know, like, there, there's, you know, the trope of the uh, femme fatale. So um, I, I think I'd like to see um, actually more, more men be like, oh, you think it's this. And you want a male honey trap. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see that. Sure. I haven't seen that. Probably on Killing Eve. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. Although that, do they know what the story is? Because I don't don't, even know what the story is. I don't think they do. But Fiona Shaw's. Used to date like the the L's handler, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, but uh, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'd like to see that. How about you? Uh, I think as we see more women in positions of authority, um, not only in the world but in the intelligence community, um, you should, yeah, we'll definitely have to have that. Mm-hmm. I bet the CIA has that right now. They've just got a bunch of <laughs> bunch of f boys, you know, with code names, all ready to go. Sure. Uh, I I I like this in cop movies too, but I really like the the undercover um, a double agent like the cover type thing. Sure, and that's why I probably would have loved the Americans if I didn't think it was so sloppily uh, plotted. Uh, but I love when they have to just be like, now I'm a vacuum salesman from Cleveland or something like that. You know, right. and then their entire lives are a lie uh, too. Um, and their daughter, their kids think that they're just. I know. Soccer parents and he's a right. plumber or sells uh, plumbing supplies or something. Yeah. I love that sort of thing. Yeah. And I it, I mean, I don't think you see it anymore because now it's go, go, go. And they're doing fast roping down into some dusty town and just shooting people in the face. But yeah. like we must have the CIA has to have like assets who are like, you know, it's like an Arabic guy that lives in Iraq or something like that. And mm-hmm. He's like, boy, I wish I could find a job. And he goes back to his apartment and he's like secret whatsapp message <laughs> i contacted the target today they're trying to radicalize me you know right and, I'm, and I'm, i'll give you the names and i just i like that kind of stuff yeah very cool obviously more of that yeah that's that's fun and watches that do crazy things yeah why not that's fun this one's got a microwave in it <laughs> you can cook your pizza in right five minutes <laughs> And yourself and everybody around you. Oh no! <laughs> put your put your arm in this Faraday cage. You, you and know then what? Cook this pizza. You know what I saw recently? Speaking of spy watches, 
there's this Japanese gadget that it's like a watch, but you can put like a small meal in there. And like there's like some like five star chef who's like putting in like little grains of rice and like this little like flour made out of carrots or something like that. And you can you you click it open. And so you can eat a meal on the go, you know, just a little snack. And then you push this button and these two things come out and you push buttons on them and they become chopsticks. How big is the watch? It's only like about like an yeah, inch okay. across. Yeah. Well, yeah. anybody can just eat like take a tablespoon from whatever's at the bottom of your garbage disposal and just throw that in your mouth. That's I, not a meal. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I want oh Japanese spy fiction. Yeah. What's that like? Do you think? Oh boy, a uh, bunch of uh, double cross and uh, oh probably lots of yakuza. I think. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm the just, gadgets alone. Yeah, the gadgets would be really cool. Come on, yeah, for sure. What if it was like really low tech instead? <laughs> like, like they'd have a watch that would print out a ream of. They're paper. like, well, what does your watch do? He's like, <laughs> tells time. Uh, something I can. Say, oh, it's waterproof too. <laughs> right. Give me the documents. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's funny to dig into something that everybody's familiar with because it just feels um, didactic to try to uh, talk about like the specific elements of it. But there's things that, you know, you don't think of. And then when it's executed, not well, there's things that are missing that make it what it is. Yeah, I think I hope that we covered some of those things. Although, like I said, I do want to see more deep cover people, operatives. Yes. You know, I love the idea of some guy who is just like a cab driver in uh, Beirut. Mm -hmm. And he's just living his life. Right. Hopefully he can get these fares. And then he gets like a message on his on his WhatsApp. <laughs> I don't know why I'm into WhatsApp today. <laughs> or uh, or he gets, somebody sends him a letter. And it's like, it's from your Aunt Petunia. But like the letters all form a thing that says, you know, you are activated. Right. Come to this time at a certain time. And he's like, oh, no, that's Tuesday's the day that I do lift. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> I'll start working on that and I'll let you know when it's done. Uh, you can let us know what you think about that idea or about today's trope or uh, just pretty much anything that we talked about today on our social media. Uh, join us. Uh, follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Let you know uh, what you think of the show. Also, join us in discussion on our Discord. We have a Discord for the entire network, mm -hmm. the Just Enough Trope Network, discussing TV shows, movies, games, uh, music, uh, all the sort of nerdy and genre things that you enjoy as the stuff that we're discussing. So join us. There's a link in the show notes for that. While you're listening to our show, if you subscribe to us on one of the listening platforms that is out there, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the like, mm -hmm. we appreciate it. And if you don't, please subscribe to the, us on one of those platforms. Uh, that's important. Uh, that lets those people uh, who run those things, the robots, know that we're doing a good job, especially when you leave us a review as well. We'd appreciate it. Um, we don't, uh, never really been sticklers for pushing for reviews, but I've noticed that has left us with not a lot of reviews. <laughs> so I know that people listen and enjoy the show, but if you listen and enjoy the show, leave us a review. It doesn't have to be long. Just yeah. uh, say thanks. Uh, we'd appreciate a high 
rated review, yes. uh, but you know, be honest. Uh, give us five watches that do things. Boy, you don't even know. Uh, this is, um, it's like the Swiss Army knife. Remember the Swiss Army knife? Yeah. They still exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was a kid, having a Swiss Army knife was the best thing that you could have. Oh, sure. When nowadays, how ridiculous is that? Well. Nobody uses the toothpick. Right. Uh, nobody uses the little scissors. Uh, I have a multi-tool for when I'm working uh, around the house and stuff like that. Works fine. But yep. you get the really good one. It's about two inches wide. Yeah. <laughs> right? right, right, right. And it's got eight different blades. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, it's got a, a pocket mirror in there. Right. Uh, it's got a prophylactic. Of course, you need that. <laughs> uh, completely crazy and ridiculous. Yes. Uh, so forget that. Just give us five stars instead. We'd appreciate it. We'll be back next week to talk about something else. And until then, we're signing off. I'm your host, Caliban. I'm your co-host, Mikan Hana. Keep the geek fires burning. Ah!